Introducing the Makeup Artist Chronicle. Welcome to another episode of the Makeup Artist Chronicles. I'm your host, Julia. I am so excited to be saying goodbye to, not to you guys, you just got here, Um, but to another year, another decade. Um, It's New Year's Eve. I'm a little under the weather. I spent Christmas with family um, and kind of a few, few snotty babies just snuggling up on them. And so I'm feeling a little under the weather, but that's okay. We're, we're going to welcome in the new year with a positive attitude. Um, I just want to say thank you so much to you guys who have been with me so far and who are so supportive and are always reaching out to let me know what kind of content you want to see and what you liked. And it's just been so great to have you along on this trip with me. I hope to build out an even bigger community where we can all share in all of the things that we desire and all the things we want to learn and share with each other. So thank you so much. I can't wait to see what the new year and the new decade brings us. Um, which brings me to mood boards. Now, I don't know about you guys. I have never done a mood board. I've always had the desire to, because I know that there's a power in manifestation. There's a power in saying, you know, I want this to happen and visualizing it and having that constant reminder there to reiterate like, Hey, this is what you should be working towards. You know what I mean? I feel like it's not enough to say, Hey, I want to be the makeup artist that does a spread in vogue and then just kind of sit on your butt and not do anything like that's, it's not just going to fall in your lap, but you know, the visualization piece has been very helpful for a lot of people to kind of keep them going and also to like keep them open to opportunity and allow other people to realize that they're open to that opportunity and build those connections. My thing is I've never been able to build a mood board because I am so like specific about visual things. I, so if, if I put a piece of tape on crooked or if it looks too messy, I'm such a neat freak and I'm so, I don't want to use the word OCD because, you know, it's a clinical diagnosis and I don't want to use that lightly, but I'm so specific about how I want things to look. And so I feel like I'll spend so much time making this mood board and really sweating it. And you know what, maybe that's what I'll do. Maybe my first step in 2020 will be letting go of the small stuff, not sweating the small stuff and just making a mood board and not like being okay that it's not perfect or maybe just making it perfect. Yeah. Maybe I'll do that. (laughs) But you know, I'm definitely know I'm going to put some of my favorite magazine titles on there to land. You know, I want to land campaigns with them. I want to work them. I I definitely want to work with an agent, finding an agent being represented. Um, 
I'm definitely putting some pictures of a puppy on there because I've been hounding, pun intended, I've been hounding Garrett for us to get a puppy. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. I'm excited to make my mood board. And my question is like, when you make it, is it something that's so personal? Like, do you just keep it in a space where you can see it? Or do you like post it on social? Do you share it with people? Like what is the etiquette around that? I'm such a newbie when it comes to this. Um, and speaking of newbies, let's segue a little bit. I need to share this with someone because I'm so annoyed. So I went to my local salon. I had been there before and I wanted to try a dip manicure. I know, I know I'm like years behind of the trend and it's not like me because I'm a source of beauty and information, but I had always been just like a very traditional manicure kind of girl. I use non-toxic polishes for the most part. And so I tried the dip and I was really annoyed because the lady that I went to did absolutely no cuticle work on me. She did not. She literally just filed the nails down with like the most coarse file I had ever felt in my life, which I'm like, that's not going to give me clean edges. So she filed my nails down. She, she then proceeded to do the dip, which is a layer of liquid and then the powder. And then she topped it off with the gel top layer and kind of slapped some lotion on my hands and sent me on my way. And she charged me $45. I think that's so ridiculous. So, um, yeah, I'm just like flabbergasted. I got them done yesterday. I mean, they look great, but I had to come home and do my own cuticle work because I was like, that's the reason why I get a manicure. I want to get my cuticles worked on. I want a nice, like luxurious, hand massage, take your time. Bonus points to the places that give you the heated hand lotion. Yes, they're doing it right. Um, but it also made me think like, I'm excited to see what new techniques come down the line and what new kind of products and innovation in beauty comes down the line in the coming decade. I recently posted, uh, just yesterday I posted about the trends and the innovations that we saw in the past decade. I broke it down into the three eyes. So influencers, inclusion, and ingredients influencers because, because we saw like a huge, jump in like Kylie released her line, Huda Katan released her line. A lot of people that did not go a traditional route to get prominence in the beauty community released product lines. And for the most part, they were pretty good. Um, so that's just a great pivot that happened in the past decade of we no longer look to traditional means for advertising and for product development, you know, truly anyone can reach the pinnacle of their success if they just, you know, use their tools thoughtfully. And so many of those tools are free. You know, Instagram is free. YouTube is free. So if you're thoughtful about how you market yourself and how you gain a following, you can really put something incredible out into the world. And I think that's just, you know, on par with the the human dream of if you work hard enough, you apply yourself, you have a vision, you have a dream, you can really 
make great things. So I think that was really inspirational. I think also inspirational was, you know, the inclusion conversation. There were a few brands that for their whole life cycle so far have had an inclusive shade range for foundations, but you know, it didn't really enter into the conversation as something that was meant to be a rule and not an exception until Rihanna released Fenty Beauty. And she made it a point to say like, Hey, this is what I'm doing. And this is why. And so it became less of like, there are a few brands that are inclusive and more of, Hey, why isn't every brand inclusive in their shade range? What I'd like to see moving into the new decade is accessibility. So not only are we including people in, um, you know, the beauty conversation, giving them products that fit their skin tone, their complexions, their textures that really help them feel their best selves. But that also comes at a price point that's available for everyone. So you don't necessarily have to pay 60 or $80 for a foundation. Um, you can get one at the drugstore. So I'm interested to see new products coming in that are powerful, that have great technology behind them, but that are coming in at every single price point so that the people that want luxury and can afford luxury can go there. But the people that, that want or, or can only really budget for drugstore products are still getting something very effective and very great for themselves. You know what I mean? So I'd, I'd like to see inclusion in that aspect happening in the next decade. And then ingredients was my third eye. And it's basically, you know, there's been a push now for a transparency around, are there parabens in this product? Are there phthalates in this product? So consumers are able to now be more educated around what am I putting on my skin? What am I putting in my body? And, you know, along with that, the, the, push for sustainability. What kind of packaging are we expecting these items to be in? So it's a conversation around how can I be the best version of myself? How can I be healthy and protect myself against everything in the world? And then also how can I protect my world against kind of the threats that it's facing? And so I'm looking forward to seeing more of that technology and more of that ingredient conversation becoming coming into the forefront, essentially, into the new decade. Um, The one thing I do want to see and that I'm predicting we will see is more of a call, not only for the brands to be accountable, but more of a push from consumers and people in the industry for legislation to be enacted. Because right now the FDA in the United States can't really regulate anything unless it's a drug. And the only way that a beauty product can be a drug is if it makes a claim to somehow like alter your biology in a way that affects your health. You know what I mean? And so, you know, in Europe, there's a lot of regulation around ingredients. There's a lot of science that goes behind it and research. And currently the United States is lagging in that. And so I want to see there be more of a push towards that transparency, that regulation in the future, um, just so that we can, even if what we're regulating is like the labeling of products, you know, make labels more clear so that people understand what they're using. And it's not just kind of 
drama and inciting fear in people. Cause I recently wrote a post all about parabens, you know, the science behind them, the research versus the hype and parabens are really confusing to a lot of people. People will see one kind of sensationalist article and be like, Oh, parabens are terrible. They're the devil, get rid of them. And companies will hear that and they'll start kind of creating that. But that's not to say that the alternatives they're using are any better than the original tried and true parabens. You know what I mean? And so I'm not advocating one way or another. I'm just trying to push for more transparency, more education so that people can be smart about the decisions they make. Because I don't necessarily think people need to be told what to buy. I think people need to be armed with the tools so that they can make the decisions that are best for them on what products they want to use and invest in. So that's, that's my little piece. Anyway, if you want to read the full post and see some of the brands that I linked and some of the awesome products that I linked about trends in the past decade and how they've kind of changed the beauty conversation, head to my website and check that out. julialubin.com slash chronicle. Um, but now that I've kind of reflected back on the past decade and the past year, I want to think of, you know, what's to come. And yes, there are some predictions that I just made and, and hopes that I have around product and branding. Um, but I want to talk to you about what I'm really excited about in January, which is award season. Oh, you guys, I'm so excited. I love award season. I always break down the best looks. And the reason that I love award season and I love breaking down the best looks is not necessarily to say, Hey, look at Julia Roberts. She looks so great. Ooh, look at Charlize. Her tan looks good or what have you. Um, I want to call out the makeup artists, the hairstylists, the clothing stylists, the designers, everyone that comes together to put a look like that together. Because it takes a lot of effort. It takes a lot of time. The makeup artist doesn't just show up the day of an event and slap on some makeup and send the celebrity on their way. They will do a trial. They'll discuss ideas with the other people on the glam team, with the celebrity themselves, so that a lot of effort and attention goes into curating a whole look. And personally, I just think it's an incredible type of art form the red carpet. Um, and so I love to call out the makeup artists. I love to research what they used, make predictions on, you know, how they did it and, and bring that to you guys, because I think connecting people to this form of art and the people behind it is so important. Um, but I also just love the glamour of it. I love the glamour of, you know, all of the awards, all of the red carpets, the intricacy of creating a look from every element from hair to makeup to nails to it's just so beautiful in my mind and it's so glamorous and it's what I've always loved ever since I was younger and I didn't really have that kind of glamour in my everyday life but I always aspired to have it um as a I'm going to tell you a little side story so when I was little my mom would always get her dry cleaning done and then hang up the clothes in her closet with the plastic still on them. And whenever I would get home from school, I would kind of like hide away in her bedroom. No one was home. It was just me and my grandma. My grandma would make me like an after school pizza. 
but I would be in my mom's room and I would take the plastic off of the hangers, not the actual clothes. I would take the plastic and I would put on a pair of my mom's heels. I would take the plastic and I would design quote unquote, my own red carpet gown out of these plastic bags. And I would put them on over my clothes and just do maybe I want a one shoulder situation. Maybe I want a strapless situation. Maybe I want a long train. And so I would design my own kind of red carpet evening gowns out of the plastic coverings from the dry cleaners. So that tells you a little bit about why I'm obsessed with the word season. I think it's just such a beautiful art form and I can't wait to see the looks that everyone has. I will be discussing it. I'll be live tweeting it for sure, every single award. And I will be um, doing my post-show best looks post on my blog. And obviously I'll be discussing it here with you guys. So come prepared to either just chit chat about it well, I'll be chit-chatting about it. You can listen, but I definitely want you guys to let me know your thoughts on it. So hit me up on Twitter, follow me there or on Instagram, because I want this to be a super fun conversation. I want to find people that love award shows as much as I do. Cause I'm so obsessed. Um, and I mean, speaking of glam and glitz, do you like how I've been doing these segues? It's just been bounce, bounce, bounce from subject to subject. Um, I'm excited for the new year. I'm excited for my vision board. Um, but talking about glam, I hope you're listening to this, getting ready for the new year, getting ready to go out and have an amazing time with your loved ones. Or maybe you're listening it to it the day after it's January 1st, you're super hungover and you just need to get ready for a war show season or to fight you know, the legislative processes for beauty. Amazing. I love that. Um, but whatever it is that you're doing, I just want to wish you an incredible new year, an incredible decade. I just want to say whether you're making a vision board, whether you're, you know, just leaving it up to the universe, whether you have goals and plans and dreams Whatever the case is, I hope that you find happiness, true, true, true soul hugging happiness. I hope you have good health, mental health, physical health, emotional health. I hope you surround yourself with people who love you for who you are and support you and will be there for you if you ever fail to pick you up. And I hope that everything you wish for, you have the capability to work hard to achieve and you have the determination and the good spirits to keep going and push on. And most of all, I just want to wish you guys love and joy and happiness. And again, thank you so much for your support and for being here. And I can't wait to take you along for the next year, the next decade, we're doing such amazing things. And you know what? Let's make those vision boards become a reality. So have an amazing new year and I will see you in 2020. Bye guys. (laughs) 